Hey, it's super fun for us to be here. It's kind of, it's great to see a bunch of people we know. For those of you who don't know us, uh, yeah, we first came to Philida a um, long time ago, feels like. Uh, I was going to Multnomah, and I <clears throat> married Trish middle of my junior year, and I kind of thought to my dirtbag self, I probably should go to start going to a church for real, you know, instead of just floating around. And the most responsible humans we knew at that point was Jim Swanson and Carissa. And so we're like, well, let's just go follow them to the church they're going to. <laughs> so that's how we got hooked up with Philida. We helped with youth. We got to teach some classes, which was very generous of you to let me get on the mic and teach people. Um, so it's great. So this is, I'm Hondo. This is my wife, Trish. Um, our kids, Caleb and Elizabeth. We've been serving in Slovenia for eight years. So this is relevant information. You guys need to know where Slovenia is. Hey, man. Um, this is where the first lady is from. So Melania, whether you like her or not, is from Slovenia. And so this is, this is important. So Slovenia borders uh, Austria on the north, Italy on the west, um, Hungary on the northeast, and then Croatia on the southeast. So if you think about Italy like as a, the boot, you know, everybody's familiar with the boot, we're kind of in the knee pit of the boot. Like, I don't know what you call that. That's the knee pit of the boot. So that's where Slovenia is. That's where our first lady's from. So there you go. A little history lesson. Geography lesson. All right. In Slovenia, there's 2 million people. Um, recent estimates show there's about 1,500 Christians in Slovenia. Jesus following Christians. So if you think about Portland, I think Portland or Portland Incorporated or something, it's about 2 million and a half, I think. So if you think right in the middle of Portland... One church that has 1,500 people, and that's it for Portland. So just to give you context. Um, we're part of a mission organization called Josiah Venture, and we work in 13 different countries, specifically in Central and Eastern Europe. And we work with youth, partnering with local churches to raise up disciples for next generation who will make disciples. Um, in those 13 different countries, there's 32.5 million youth. So that's from 15 to 30 is what that is. And less than 1% of them know Jesus. Um, so for right now, let me just say, if you're visiting here, man, welcome. It's so good to have you here. This is awesome. Um, this next part is for Jesus followers specifically, Okay. So this is, this is big. Less than 1% know Jesus. What are you going to do to bring change to this situation? How are you going to get involved? Are you willing to pray? Are you willing to go? Are you willing to give? Are you willing to die to your comfortable, nerfy life? If you don't walk out of this church and go die for the gospel... If you don't walk out of this church and sign up on our team to be monthly supporters, if you don't walk into this church and at least order chicken instead of a steak for dinner, then I have failed as a mother. No, I'm just kidding. Have you guys, have you guys ever seen the Goldbergs? Yeah, so Beverly, uh, the smother, is like an absolute master at like dishing up hot steaming plates of guilt, you know what I mean, to get her kids to do whatever she wants. So 
the good thing about kind of being a crusty old missionary is you guys don't remember me. And so after two years, you kind of forget like how he's going to preach or something. So hopefully I had you <clears throat> eating a giant steaming plate of hot missionary guilt. And you guys were like, oh man, yeah, what am I going to do? Guilt just like this. And this. So, oh wait, don't go there yet. So, um, <clears throat> so the problem with guilt is <clears throat> guilt's a bad motivator, man, Right? It's a bad motivator, whether it comes from your mother-in-law or whether it comes from the church. It's just not good because you end up not really liking the guilter, right? And so this, with these signs, you have to indulge me. This is a little bit of pure Americana. So we don't see this stuff in Europe. So this is kind of fun. So soak in a little church guilt for me. I don't know why some people don't change churches. What difference does it make? (coughs) Which one you stay home from? Mm, That's a good one. Steaming plate. All right, next one. Whoever stole the AC units, keep one. It's hot where you're going. Oh, that is a tasty steaming plate. Uh, and then the next one, uh, don't forget Judas also left early. So. so, guilt does motivate for sure, right? And I think we've all been motivated by guilt at some point and in some way. But it's not the best motivator for ministry, mission, and life, ultimately. And so we need to think about, man, what is the best motivator for ministry, mission, and life? Right? So the next one, ah, this is way better. Doesn't it seem, these guys just seem so nice. Steaming plate of fellowship at the family meal. People are laughing, having fun. There's some sort of a circle thing. I'm not sure if it's a sausage or a cinnamon roll, but it looks good, and I would eat it. So um, this is way better motivation. Fellowship at the family meal. So ultimately, I'm going to say the best motivator for ministry, mission, and life is God. So that was easy. Like, sermon's done. You guys can go home. That was a quick one, but, you know, hopefully effective. Wait, hey, sit back down. Sit back down. (laughs) Judas also left early, so don't. (laughs) Jim. I totally planted him. (laughs) All right. So... But here it is, God. God's the answer. But the problem with the word God, when I say God, in the 21st century, the smorgasbord of options for what God are you talking about is out there. So we have to bring more definition to the word God. Right? So when I say the word God, do I mean the kind of American, neutered, uh, little g, in God we trust sort of God? A God that kind of if we... If we blur the edges of the camera a little bit, you know, if we partake in a little bit of that fine Northwest herbal remedies, you know, and things just get a little flowy, a little undefined, we don't have to bring sharp edges to the picture of who this God is. Is that the God I'm talking about? No, that's not the God I'm talking about. This vague spirituality. Like the problem with that God is you can't actually know that God because you made that God, all right? You can't have a relationship with a God you make. That's just not how it works. You can design them really nice and comfortable, for sure, but you can't have a relationship with that God. Am I talking about, then, when I say God, this overarching, single-person, angry God who says, if you submit and obey, then I will give you eternal party. If not, I will squash you like the dirty cockroach you are, single-person, angry God. Am I talking about that God? I'm not talking about that God. The problem with that God is that God 
doesn't have friends and doesn't want friends. That God doesn't want children. God's like Voldemort, right? <clears throat> like Voldemort doesn't want friends, and for sure he doesn't want family. <clears throat> Voldemort's in Harry Potter, for those of you who don't know. I don't know. I'm dating myself. I've been in missionary, you know, <laughs> Slovenia for eight years. I don't know if that's still on the streets or not. So uh, that's not the God I'm talking about. So what God am I talking about? So <clears throat> this is the God I'm talking about. And I've been thinking a lot about this. The Christian story is the greatest story ever told, man. It's the greatest story ever told. And the thing about the God of the Bible is this is the God who you would never dream up. You can't make up this God, right? You can make up angry, single-person, you know, gods. You can make up the, the vague, fuzzy, spiritual sort of God. But this God, you can't make this God up. All right, and how do we get to know this God? <clears throat> so, first off, when I say the word God, this is important, when I say God, I mean God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit loving each other. This is a different sort of God, man. <clears throat> Three persons in the one being of God. What's the best way to know this God? This God has revealed himself. This God revealed himself in God's word. So as you read God's word, ultimately God's word points to the, the biggest revelation of God in the person of God, the Son, who came. God in a bod. Merry Christmas, right? Bum, 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 bum. This is... <laughs> This is, who, this is what Jesus says. Here we can go to this next one. Uh, Father, I want those... Oh, sorry, that's different. <laughs> he says... Um, uh, sorry. Quote. I was actually thinking during the, <clears throat> the music, I was like, man, I'm really glad she messed up. That was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it real, man. That's so good. So, uh, what's the best way to know this, God? The Son reveals what the Father is like. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So, God, we talked about even God as creator God. That's mind-blowing. But what was God doing? What was he doing before creation? Well, Jesus tells us, which is really cool. So it comes to this verse. I look back here because my eyes are getting bad. I'm getting older. But I think I can read this. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me, because you love me before the creation of the world. So what was God doing before God created the world? The Father was overflowing love to the Son. This is wild. This is mind-blowing. God is an outward-focused, pouring-out sort of God, not a needy, greedy sort of single-person God. This God is the Father outflowing love to His Son constantly. He's not saying to His Son, love me, love me, love me, like He needs the Son's love. No, 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 He loves the Son. He's spreading the love. And the Son is eternally responding to the Father's love in an outward-focused love for the Father. He's not saying, Dad, love me, love me, love me. He's saying, oh man, Dad, I love you. I love you back. I love you back. And all this love is communicated by the person of the Spirit who shares the love of the Father to the Son and the love of the Son of the Father. This God is not some needy, demanding God who says to his minions, go to the mission field, eat bugs, and die. Right? <laughs> he doesn't need us, ultimately. He's a going out, bringing light into it. Oh, sorry. He's, he's saying, do you want to know me? If you really want to be with me, you want to know me, then be with me. And the question is, where is he? He's bringing light into dark places because that's the kind of God he is. He's spreading the goodness. He's going to love the unlovely. That's where he is. If you want to be with him, that's where you'll go. <clears throat> 
He's not staying in heaven like some great cosmic needy magnet, right? He's the source of all true outpouring, outflowing, shining out joy and life. Do you want that? Here's a quote by C.S. Lewis. I love his quote. It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he can't imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. So, I think... I want us to go through and kind of take a little Trinitarian stroll through some of the scriptures, right? So there's way more we could do. We'll just go through a few. So when I say Trinity or Trinitarian, I'm talking about Trinity, the two words triunity. This is the three persons and the one being of God. That's where you get this word. And so as you go through God's word, you start to see this, the reality of who God is emerge. And so we could start with the first one or the next. Yeah, there we go. And be looking for this. So this is Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, and God said, and God said, and God said. So now the author John writes, in the beginning was the Word, and God said, and the Word, and God said, was with God, and the Word, and God said, was God. And He was with God in the beginning, and through Him all things were made, and nothing, or without Him nothing was made that has been made. See the connections there? John's picking up on it, and it's right in the first page, first verse of the Bible. All right, let's go to the next one. So fundamentally, God, as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, were right there in the act of creation. And then at the pinnacle of creation, here they are. Then God said, let us, plural, make man in our image, in our likeness, let them rule. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So a three-personal God makes humans or persons in his image, and he makes them male and female, multiple persons, right? And this reflects who God is. And the beautiful thing about that is when these persons like, get to know each other, they make more persons, right? Which is great. <laughs> I've been married before. That's wonderful. So... Uh, that's the God we know, right? At the, the pinnacle of creation, he's making more persons and he's spreading the goodness so that more persons can get to know more persons. And it's fantastic. We'll take a big skip to the New Testament now. This is the end of the Gospel of Matthew. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So as, um, just as God was active in creation, God is, uh, not, and when I say God, what do I mean? I mean God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit loving each other. God is active in our salvation, right? Both our redemption and then even giving us mission. But here we see that as we um, <clears throat> go into the act of baptism, dying to our old life and coming to life, again, we're brought into the life of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Right? This is the life of God. <clears throat> and it's, it's powerful. It's fundamental to who we are as Jesus followers, as Christians. So we can go to the next one. So this is now on mission. This is Trinity at work in mission. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And he was praying. At, oh, sorry, this isn't, this isn't mission. We're in Luke early. This is when 
Jesus starts early on in his mission, and the Trinity is foundational. Um, as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended and on him or on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. The Father speaks to the Son and saying, Oh, you're my Son. I love you. I'm well pleased with you. And how does the Father communicate the love to the Son? The Father sends the Spirit down to be with the Son. The Son is empowered by the Spirit as he goes on mission in communication with the Father. This is just how it works all the way through. We can go to the next one. All right, so catch this. This is three different quotes from the Gospel of John. Man, if you just read John like 40, 50 times, it'll just, man, you'll start seeing connections all over the place. So I recommend that. Um, so this says, no one has ever, this is right in the beginning, John 1. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. You want to know what the Father's like? Look at Jesus. This is John saying this all the time. Jesus is saying this in the Gospel of John. Look at Jesus. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that'll be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. And then this next quote, I've got to give you a little backstory on this one first. So this is post-resurrection. So, big story in a nutshell, if you're new to Philida, <clears throat> Jesus, like Christmas is God the Son, God the Father sending the Son, bam, Christmas is happening God in a bod. He walks the perfect life to the cross to die, to take care of sin, death, and the devil. Bam! Pops out of the grave three days later. <laughs> Biggest joke on the Prince of Darkness Grimm that's ever been played. And then he starts, and this post-resurrection is so fun to read because he just starts popping in and out of locked rooms all the time. And he starts eating a lot of fish tacos. You, you notice like the increase goes up. And so this is biblical because you know that he hung out with fishermen and they were eating fish and then they're all eating bread, it says. And Jewish bread has no yeast, right? And so the Hebrew word for Jewish bread is tortilla, you know? And so, shameless, that was a shameless plug. But then you put the fish and that's fish taco, man. And Jesus loves both fish tacos and popping in and out of locked rooms like teleporting and uh, kind of spooking his, his buddies, which must have been really fun. And so at this point, bam, he pops in again, and they're like, whoa, like this. And that's why I was like, oh, peace, man, relax. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. So then you have to ask, whoa, wait, how did the Father send the Son? And he would go back in John and says, um, for the Father, oh, man, how does it go? For God so loved the world that he sent the Son. God the Father sent the Son out of love on a rescue mission. And so now the, the son is saying, hey, as the father has sent me, I'm sending you in love on a rescue mission for the world. And how does he go about making that happen? And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. This is how God gets it done, always. And when I say God, I mean God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, loving each other. We can go to the next one. Now this is them in the book of Acts. This is Jesus speaking. On one occasion while he was eating, probably fish tacos, with them, he gave them this command. Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The son is saying, wait for the gift my father is going to send you, the Holy Spirit. All right, This is how it's done. This is, this is the God you can't make up. We can go to the next one. This is Romans 5.5. 5. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom He's given us. 
That's how God communicates his love to us. He sends the Son. And the Father and the Son send the Spirit. And they send us out to go spread the goodness. We can go to the next one. 1 John 3.1 How great the love of the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And that's what we are. Go back to that picture around the table or think about the best meal with the best people you've ever had. And that was only a little tiny taste of the goodness of what God is inviting you into. The fellowship at the table. That's what we are, man. We're kids at the table. We're children of God. Man, so good. All right, we can go to the next one. This is Paul at the end of 2 Corinthians. May the grace of the Lord Jesus, because Jesus Christ says that's the only way you get into the family. You can't be like awesome and say, oh, you're awesome, come into the family. No, actually we're all broken, ruined, and we need grace. And man, our God is a gracious God and says, yeah, I've done it for you. You want it? The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father there and the fellowship of the Spirit around the table. It's, it's powerful. All right, let's go to the next one. So I'll, I'll share a little bit of like uh, father issues. So the cool thing about <clears throat> the Trinity is that sometimes you experience God and different persons of God <clears throat> in different ways and at different times. So for example... <clears throat> Some people, when they hear God the Father, they think, oh, that's good, because maybe you had a good earthly father. Some people, when you think father, you think, oh, bad, I had a bad father, or maybe you didn't have a father at all, or somewhere in between, right? We just grow up with some of these categories that are just in us. So when I think father, I think, oh, good, like I had a good, I had a good dad. Um, but no father can, fuf- can fully fill what God the Father can do. Even the best of fathers can't do it. Um, my dad was good, but he was in poor health for most of his life. And so um, he couldn't go out. As I started doing a lot of a- different outdoor action sports and different things, going snowboarding and rock climbing and things like that, he, just, he, didn't, he wasn't actually physically capable to go out and see me go do these things. And for me as a kid, like, oh, man, I wanted that, you know? You want the pleasure of the father as the father watches the kid do the, do the things. I have two kids now, so they're always asking, like, Dad, look at me. Dad, watch me. Dad, look what I made. Dad. And I think that's a good thing, and it's a right thing. It's healthy, and I want to be like, man, yeah, that's so good. I'm proud of you. I'm, you know, pleasure from, the, from me, the dad. <clears throat> but my dad couldn't come out and do those things with me, and I always wanted that. <clears throat> so then I, I recognized, maybe this was a handful, a couple of years ago in Slovenia, just like, man, I was going through a tough time. There just wasn't a lot of fruit in ministry. <clears throat> and I found myself continually kind of saying, like, oh, God, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, you know? And then uh, life would roll on, get busy, keep doing things. And then at random moments, this would just kind of pop out of my soul, into my head, like, oh, God, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. And it was like, oh, is there some huge sin i got to repent of? Is there something? I'm like, no, I'm square with God. I just feel sorry, like, I'm so sorry. And we can pause the sermon at this point. Pause. Okay, so this is like side note on the sermon. If you find stuff popping up in your mind again and again, like stuff happening deeper in your soul, you know, and you need to red flag that, whether it's like, I'm not good enough, or I'm always going to be that way, or something like that, these things that recycle in our brains. Man, red flag that. That's from somewhere. And man, I would invite you to go go with um, fellow Christians, somebody like, pray, take that stuff to the Father, and uh, ask Him, where does that come from? And man, can you speak your truth into my soul in this spot? So I did that. I red flagged this, like, why do I keep saying I'm sorry all the time? So I red flagged it. I went back, and, and there was a handful of things that were going on, and some of it was just like, 
I didn't feel like the Father was pleased with me. All this effort and not much fruit in ministry. And I'm like, man, I don't think, at first I don't think you're with me. I don't think you see me. And I don't think you're pleased with me. So God spoke a lot of truth in. First, like he spoke ministry 101. Like, you can't make fruit, dude. (laughs) God makes fruit. You don't make fruit. So that's not actually your job. And so I was like, oh yeah, that's a good one. Thanks, Lord. That's actually, that's pretty helpful. So, uh, and then I know, and you can stand on the promises of God. I know, God, that you're pleased with your son and I'm in Christ by the power of the Spirit. I'm united to Christ to fellowship with the Father. And so when the Father says to the Son, I love you, man, and I'm pleased with you. He's saying that to me, too. He's pleased with me. Not only that, but how many times again and again in the Bible does God say, man, don't be afraid. I'm with you. I'll be with you. I'm with you. And so the Father was with me in these places where I felt like he wasn't, but he actually was. He is with me in places that my Father could never go. And so it's a powerful experience of the Father that really had a lot of shaping effects on my ministry and life as I walked out from there. So here's another experience. So that was my experience with the father. Um, I'll share an experience uh, of one of our students that we worked with. His name is Ur. And he met Jesus in a powerful way. So you could cue up the video. And we'll watch Ur. So before, like, who was Jesus to you? Oh, it was just like an unreal thing. Uh-huh. I was like, that's a gimmicky thing. Like... You must be nuts that to believe that or whatever, like just upside down crosses, like black metal, almost worshiping Satan. That was so bad, man. So yeah. that's what that's what you were doing. Yeah, that, uh-huh. was, that was me before. Uh-huh. I was like, I'm gonna believe in God if He's gonna show to me, and He did. I saw Jesus. I was just with my eyes closed and all of a sudden there was like all the wide, all was wide and Jesus was standing with his hand like this and just, or he got to follow me. And yeah, that was, that was like first call and I answered. I think I was just too shocked to realize that that was like, I don't know, it was, it was pretty emotional though. Before meeting Jesus, I, I have no clue what my purpose was. My purpose now is to be light, light for Jesus in Slovenia. Before I was walking in the dark, then I met Jesus, and now I'm walking in the light. Yeah, so that's Ur. And so this summer, Ur is uh, cruising around. And he's training people all through Central and Eastern Europe, training churches to reach youth for Jesus through the vehicle of music. And so that's what Ur's doing. Not only that, but in Slovenia, he's joined our staff part-time as our media guy, and he also volunteers a bunch of his time to reaching youth for Jesus because he met Jesus. So it's pretty awesome. Um, this next picture, so I had the opportunity... Uh, of just in the beginning of May, I took eight Slovene University students. So I get the privilege of working on a national level with uh, Slovene University students, teaching them the Bible, training them. <clears throat> and uh, so I took eight of them down to uh, Sarajevo, Bosnia. So a little history lesson. Um, Slovenia is part of former Yugoslavia. Yugoslavia has 
like Slovenia, Croatia, Serbia, Bosnia, Herzegovina, Montenegro, and on and on. So this all broke apart in 91. Slovenia declared independence, and then everything started breaking apart. Um, Slovenia got out fairly bloodlessly, but as far as uh, Croatia, Bosnia, and Serbia, it was a horrible war in the early 90s. Probably some of you guys remember that. And it was just, oh, it was, it was just bloody. It was terrible. It was, and they're, they're cousins. They're all brothers. They're all connected. And so pretty horrible. So um, taking a bunch of Slovenes down to um, Bosnia as missionaries was a bold move for these guys. They were like nervous in the service, man. They're like, we don't like Bosnians and Bosnians don't like us. <laughs> so um, it was great for them. I love doing that when the people are nervous like that. <laughs> Kind of brings me joy as I'm driving. <laughs> so I'm driving them all down, and we go down there, and it was like, as far as talking about the Spirit, it was a powerful experience of the fellowship of the Spirit. These people who are kind of at cultural odds, um, as they met other Christians, there was just this powerful experience of the fellowship of the Spirit. It was instantaneous. I don't know if some of you guys have experienced that, and I hope you have, but man, I've known some people for a decade, and it still feels distant and cold. I've known some people for 10 seconds, and I feel like, oh, this is my brother, this is my sister in Christ. I could trust this person with my life. Like, it's, it's a powerful experience. And so these guys experienced that down in Sarajevo, and Sarajevo is like still struggling. Bosnia is still struggling to come out of the, the, the powerful effects of that war. There's still bullet holes everywhere and bomb buildings, and it was gnarly, dude, going down there. But it, this is... This picture is, a, is not just Slovenes. This is a mix of Bosnians and Slovenes together. And one like American poking out the middle. Um, but the fellowship of the Spirit was, it was, man, palpable. You could feel it. It was awesome. So we experience the different persons of uh, God in different ways. And it's, it's awesome. All right. So this is my commission. I'm sending you guys out now. <clears throat> so here we go. Eat this steaming plate of gospel goodness for a healthy start to your day. Steep the tea bag of the gospel into the hot mess of your life every morning, and it will be different. You are, here's God, you are worse than you know. And I can tell, because I'm up here, I'm looking around. <laughs> like, you are worse than you know, and what God is inviting you into is more amazing than you can ever imagine. If you're in Christ, it's done. Stop striving and enjoy. If you're in Christ, it's paid for. He is eating the steaming plate of guilt for you and brought you into the family. Sit back and enjoy. From that place, when your dad goes to work, you'll want to join him because you get to go be with your dad. This is the proper motivation for ministry, mission, and life. You'll go out and love because you have first been loved by God. All right? Let me pray for you guys. Father, thanks so much that we can, I can stand here and pray to you and you hear me. Um, thanks so much that you sent your son on a rescue mission for us, broken rebels. Thank you, Jesus, for coming um, to us and doing what you did on our behalf. It's it's mind-blowing. It's the greatest story ever told. Thank you that you didn't leave us alone, Father and, and Son, but that you sent the Spirit and that you're here right now by your Spirit with us and that we'll never be alone. God, I ask that as we move out from here that, that we call it on the carpet if we 
feel motivated by guilt and different, different forces that are just not from you. But God, that we would move out in love because we know we've first been loved and that we would move out on mission and wherever you call us, whether it's across the room, across the street, across the borders or across the pond, Lord, that we'd move out in love and uh, that you'd spread the goodness through us because uh, that's your plan. And so <clears throat> we trust you to it and we can pray in the name of your son, Jesus. And uh, thank you for who you are to us. Amen.